Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere Soccer League show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. And good evening, NPSL soccer fans, and welcome back to the NPSL Soccer Show for the 2023 season as I, your host, Daniel Feuerstein, will bring you coverage of your clubs in one of the national leagues, top leagues, and that is the National Premier Soccer League, getting ready. And as we begin this season again for the second straight year, we will be talking to those clubs who will be getting involved with the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. This is exciting. This is a lot of fun. And I love talking about this tournament, especially with those clubs from the NPSL. You already heard the show last Friday talking about, with both FC Motown and Appalachian FC, their involvement, of course, after the first round draw of the 2023 U.S. Open Cup in the opening round. This, my friends, is going to be exciting. It's going to be electric, and we cannot wait when these games kick off on the week of March 21st through the 23rd, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just quickly, once again, get to that first round schedule for the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, as we will talk about those clubs from the NPSL facing off against those clubs in the opening round. And here it is, ready to go, the opening round. Once again, representing the NPSL on Wednesday, March 22nd at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, El Farolito will be hosting International San Francisco over at Boxer Stadium in San Francisco, California. These are games on Wednesday, March the 22nd. Appalachian FC will host North Carolina Fusions under 23 squad, excuse me, at 7 p.m. Eastern time at the Ted Mackerel Soccer Complex in Boone, North Carolina. FC Motown will be on the road to take on Manhattan SC, and that will be at the... uh, field on the campus of the College of of Mount St. Vincent in the Bronx, New York. Tulsa Athletic, they will be taking on Brazos Valley Cavalry at Hicks Park, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. And on that final Wednesday, the Project 510, they're going to be hosting Crossfire Premier over at the uh, Ohlone 
College Soccer Field in Fremont, California, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And then on Thursday, March the 23rd, Cleveland SC will host Lionsbridge FC at the North Olmsted High School in North Olmsted, Ohio, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Jacksonville Armada will be hosting Miami United FC at the Hodges Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida. And finally, Hartford City FC will be hosting Lansdowne Yonkers at the Trinity Health Stadium in Hartford, Connecticut, also owned by Hartford, Hartford Athletic of USL Championship. And that match will be at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time start. So those are the Open Cup first-round matches for the NPSL, which will be on Wednesday, March 22nd, and Thursday, March 23rd. And there's been something going on that I just recently found out, and it's a little disheartening, because in some ways it doesn't affect any of the MPSL clubs, but in some ways it truly does. And what does that mean when I say this? No, simply it just means this. At the moment, the club formerly known as the Rochester Rhinos, who won the Open Cup back in 1999 against the Colorado Rapids, which are now currently known as Rochester, New York FC. We are learning right now they are in a financial issue, and at the same time, they have basically jettisoned half the roster. And now the coaching staff is up in the air right now. Now, obviously, what does that mean for clubs representing the MPSL? Well, financially and other ways, it means nothing. They are not involved. No one in the MPSL is involved with the situation. No one in the MPSL uh, has to worry about whatever the situation that Rochester, New York FC is going through. They are, at the moment, going through the motions, and it looks like maybe some rumors going around, maybe that Jamie Vardy, Leicester City's attacker, of course, winning that magical Premier League season on Leicester City, may no longer be a part of the ownership group with the Dworkins. But we'll see what happens, and hopefully they'll right the ship over there. Now, why does it impact the NPSL? Well, very simply put, depending on who might have gotten drawn with them in the second round, would that mean that if an NPSL side does earn victory, Will they get a free pass into the third round if Rochester, New York FC will not be able to compete? And if that does happen, does that mean that there will be another spot open for not just the USL League 2 side, but will they also face an NPSL side as well? That is the big question mark that is right now facing us as we speak. Go to the cup.us for coverage. They've been on this since day one. I want to give them the uh, uh, the praise and the, um, 
the uh, kudos for being on top of this situation because the truth of the matter is this. This would be a big, big blemish on the U.S. Open Cup if Rochester, New York FC cannot compete. And that would also mean that an NPSL side drawn with them would not compete against a higher level club from a higher division, which would be the third division of American soccer. These are the questions that have to be asked and they need answers. And hopefully, hopefully, there will be an answer somewhere down the road. I do understand that it's only going to be maybe just a little bit over a month away before these games get underway. We are currently on the 17th of February. So at this point in time, it's a month and a little bit over a week or just under a week. But right now, as it stands, there is a problem. And unfortunately, U.S. soccer just doesn't know how to solve a problem like this, or they hope that the problem will solve itself. I am not going to go deep into information right now, because as far as I know, whatever you have read on social media through Twitter is probably the same thing I have read myself. But once again, this will impact an NPSL club if they do advance out of the first round. If they don't compete for that second round spot. But some of you are saying, you know what? We don't care. Some of you are probably going to say, yeah, it might stink that we're not going to face anybody for the right to move on to the third round. But we'll take that. You snooze, you lose, as the old adage goes. But I will say this. If you love the Open Cup like I love the Open Cup, and if you want your side to test your mettle with the next level of clubs in a higher division than where the NPSL is, you want to face a Division Three side whether it be in USL, League One, NISA, or the lone professional side of the Rochester FC New York kind in MLS Pro Next, or MLS Next Pro. You want your players to be tested and earn that continuing round in the third round. You want that. Now, like I said, I wouldn't blame you if you felt, we'll take the pass. It's not our fault. Our club did nothing wrong. And you're correct. You're absolutely correct. It's not your fault. It's not your club's fault if you do get drawn into that spot. But still, though, there's always that what if. What if your side was able to knock off Rochester, New York, FC? What if your side 
if you did get drawn with Rochester, New York FC? What could you do if you had that opportunity? Would your club do? That's the big question mark, isn't it? So until we get to that point, and at this moment in time, there still may be a chance for Rochester, New York FC to save themselves and compete for that second round spot to get into the third round. We'll see what happens. But until then, until then, we're not going to know anything until that situation is solved. And at the same time, we still won't know a thing once these opening round matches do get underway. A lot of question marks, without a doubt. A lot of ideas going around our heads. A lot of this situation right now coming to fruition. And it's a big but. We will not know until we play the games. We will not know until we get to that opening round. And until we get to that opening round... At this point in time, all I can say is is this. To all the clubs in the NPSL, I want to wish you good luck in the opening round of the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. May you prove yourself worthy, and may you go into a cup set when you get to the second round in early April. And hopefully, it will be a big run. And hopefully, you'll take a couple of scalps along the way. But until then, opening round of the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to delve into our guests tonight. My first guest right now is coming to you from Hartford City FC. Joining me tonight, my first guest, Mr. Nick Balestieri as his side is returning to the Open Cup. Nick, good evening, and congratulations making it to the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Thank you. It's actually the assistant coach, Christian Benjamin, who actually used to be the head coach. So I'm standing in for Nick ah. as we speak. Well, thank you very much for standing in for Nick, Chris. I really do appreciate it. Uh, congratulations to you and the club for making it to the Open Cup. Uh, for the second consecutive season, obviously. What does this mean to you and to everyone at the club, knowing you've made it deep into the MPSL playoffs last year, and now you're getting a second opportunity consecutively? I mean, we appreciate that we have a, a strong, really organic home base that supports us from our inception. This is our fourth year, and we had four strong years. So, you know, last year being validation of the two prior years and then obviously us doing, uh, you know, pretty well, not as well as we wanted to later on in the season. But it's just, it's again, it's, a, it's another stepping stone, another opportunity for us to prove ourselves and, you know, put a competitive uh, game in front of our home community, our home fans. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, you know, just to talk about last year's match, unfortunately one and done against Oyster Bay United based out of Long Island in New York. 
That was unfortunately a 3-0 loss. Did you learn anything from that match that you can incorporate into your first match this uh, upcoming season? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I mean, Oyster Bay came out with a really strong team, a lot of ex-professionals, guys that you found on South American teams, uh, you know, playing at some of the lower leagues in England and they showed it, uh, you know, as somebody that's involved regionally with some of the USL uh, and professional organizations, we've seen some of those Oyster Bay players at combines and camps at local um, professional tryouts. So it was a testament to the side they put together. Um, and so that's what we learned. We learned that it's it's no joke. There's take no prisoners. Um, it's a it's a step up a step up from you know, where we're used to playing and, you know, we're ready to come out with a, a local but very competitive side that is more seasoned and has more experience. Now, for those of us that are not familiar with the soccer talent around Connecticut, especially in the Hartford area, uh, obviously UConn is not that far away from where the stadium is. Uh, obviously, Rentschler Field is right there. But um, why – where do you think the improvements have come for the Connecticut player that wants to gravitate towards Hartford City? What we did a better job of this year is really um, targeting um, current and past graduates. So because the Lamar Open Cup, you cannot have anybody with eligibility left. So, you know, we, based on when we found that we entered into the Open Cup, it took us um, – a bit to find that talent. And now that we've had a whole year essentially to, to prepare, um, we've had an opportunity to, to scour universities near and far, um, you know, so that we can find the best regional talent. So spanning from New York city to Boston, you know, um, so definitely looking at um, a, a regional makeup. I still, while still concentrating on a very, um, good local base because Connecticut, we have a great soccer here. We do well, um, but unfortunately, all that, a lot of that talent is exported, so we took this opportunity to bring it back. And that sounds uh, great to hear. And obviously, you know, a lot of great moments probably happen for Hartford City. I mean, we have to include Hartford Athletic as well, but still, though, um, it, to me, it sounds like everything's coming together. It's going to come together at the right time. And it really sounds like you've got great confidence in this group starting off in this tournament that's going to be coming up at the end of March. I mean, we're excited to be a part of it. And, you know, with the preparation, the staff we have, uh, you know, I'm an ex-college coach of 20-plus years. We have other folks on the staff um, as well. And Nick, Nick does a great job of, you know, running the team and also being a director of football, so he's obviously really involved in the recruiting and, you know, uh, developing a lot of these local relationships with collegiate uh, teams to, to get those best players here. So we're, we're definitely excited and, you know, we're not looking past this game by any means, but uh, you know, we definitely, we, we definitely know that this is, you know, David versus Goliath and we're the David, we're the NPSL team that does well, but NPSL is, you know, our team is, you know, made up of a lot of collegiate, you know, standouts. And we have to ask a lot of them to, you know, pick it up and show show professionally, to show in front of a pro crowd, a, 
uh, another pro team and hopefully get some great looks for these guys because really that's what it is. I mean, we want to not only play, put a competitive side on there, but we also want to showcase our talent in front of other professional organizations to get these guys trials, to get these looks at USL clubs or, you know, USL2 or, you know, UPSL or whatever. So. No, absolutely. And I got to say, it sounds like you guys are ready to go for this one. And uh, we'll definitely get into your point a little bit later on in your segment here. But I, I just wanted to ask you this. Whether it's being involved in the Open Cup or watching it from afar, which matches have you seen, whether it be, you know, trying to find a stream on YouTube or the past media rights deal that was with ESPN before moving to Turner, hopefully for this season, you know, what Open Cup games that you remind you of, you know, that's, what I, that's where I want to see Hartford City excel. That's the type of game that I want to see our guys play. Um, you know what? I, I'm looking towards our regional or in-state rivals, Hartford Athletics. So I go to their games. I'm familiar with their staff and their players. You know, that's the brand that I want to put out there to show, you know, Connecticut fans and to show Hartford Athletic that we're, you know, partners, but really great rivals. And, you know, we're hoping to create a, you know, a friendly rivalry within state and we can show that we can, you know, compete with them in some respects and put a, a great brand of soccer on the, on the field that's going to, you know, excite obviously the players, but, you know, excite the fans as well. So I've, I've seen regional games and, you know, what we're hoping to do is, you know, really, you know, put it to, you know, some of the USL sides in the neighborhood. And, you know, we have our sights on making it pass and playing Hartford Athletic. Absolutely. And that I can't wait to see uh, one day. And obviously, hopefully it'll be uh, this year. Uh, we'll see what happens, obviously, uh, to see if Hartford Athletic does take on Hartford City in the next round of the Open Cup. If they do get to that second round, we'll see what happens. And I know I'll be on uh, on the edge of my seat to see that one happen. Uh, we can't get yeah. enough of in-state rivals and in-city rivals, if you know what I mean. Of course, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, um, let's go ahead and talk about your opponent that you'll be facing in the opening round of the uh, Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And you will be hosting Lansdowne Yonkers FC uh, in from Yonkers, New York. Um, I don't think I have to tell you this because if you know that amateur side in Yonkers, they're a tough nut to crack and they're going to give you a game. What have you seen from them uh, on streams, and what are you expecting from them as well? Exactly. I mean, I'm sure everybody's keeping a little bit uh, of their experience close to the hip, but from what we've seen, they're going to be they're going to be fast. They're going to be furious. They have some threats in every position. Um, they're, you know, a very complete team. But who knows what they've had? What I mean, we've seen what they've put up in prior seasons or prior games it's a matter of what they come with at this game and we know that where they get to pull from and we also know that they pull some of their players from Connecticut as well um and um you know we know it's going to be a game and you know whoever puts the best side out and has the biggest heart in that 90 minute period is the one that's going to win so will you be expecting if I mean, look, I mean, it probably will end in 90, but do you expect maybe there might be an extra 30 and possibly penalties in this one? 
as a as a longtime goalkeeper coach, I hate when games are decided in PKs. So, you know, even though it <laughs> gives me a chance to shine and my goalkeepers a chance to shine, but I like to see it done through competitive play and, you know, creating goal-scoring opportunities. And, you know, the best team wins because they put the best side and put the ball in the back of the net in the best way possible. But, again, you know, wins and losses don't need pretty. They don't need perfect. They need just need to score. So, we're hoping that uh, we're on the winning side of that. No, absolutely. And uh, that's what we want to see. We want to see some good, hard-nosed, clean soccer uh, over there in Hartford. And hopefully uh, both your both your side and Lansdowne will give us a game. And it should be a lot of fun. Um, if I can ask you this, how receptive were the fans when last year they found out you were playing in the Open Cup? And, of course, this year you're getting a second opportunity. Uh, they loved it. I mean, our fans are the best. I mean, truly, every team can say that or sh- wants to say that and should say that. But, I mean, we really do have a great um, fan base. Uh, our, our our supporters group is amazing. They're a part of our preparation. They're a part of our in-game experience. And they're there for us, you know, whether it's, uh, win, lose, or draw, and they're always there to support us. So without them, we're not the same, and um, we're very, very, uh, you know, it's a very special experience, in-game experience. For those that have seen it, you know, uh, there's specific songs for, you know, times of the games and players. They really get into this. I mean, it makes it feel like it's a professional organization, and it's because of them, you know, and it's because of them why we work as hard as we do and try to put the best, you know, product out on the field as well. Absolutely, and that's what we want to see, and we want to see a great game as well. So, once again, um, I guess I can ask you this: You're gonna, you were probably last time on national well, national streaming television, obviously with the ESPN, and now Turner has that deal uh, with U.S. Soccer to broadcast uh, not just our national teams, men and women, but for obviously added on this tournament. What does that mean for you, not just locally be seen, but nationally and as, as well as internationally around the world? I mean, it's, it's a dream. You know, many of these players have played at a, a very high collegiate level, you know, and they're appreciated by their fans and their student body and parents and such. I mean, we love that Hartford City um, is streamed around the world, you know, in our NPSL season. So we get fans you know, from all the continents checking in. Uh, maybe they have some allegiance to Connecticut or our our agents or Hartford in general, but we have people checking in from around the world. So we're looking forward to this, and we're going to, you know, scream from the rooftops to make sure that any supporter of good soccer in Connecticut is watching it from wherever they are, um, and uh, we're excited for it. So. That's awesome to hear, and I can't wait to see you guys Trinity, uh, at around the end of March. And I guess, uh, what has been your the, the most famous or your favorite Open Cup match that you've ever seen for yourself personally? Hmm. Um, I used to play for Watertown United back in, uh, uh, in Boston. So it's a game that I personally played in um, that really holds true, right? It's uh, you know, being a part of the the squad and preparation and and some of the nerves, knowing not knowing not what you're gonna see. And you know, I was playing those games in the late '90s and early 2000s when you weren't looking at these games streaming. It just they'd show up and you're like, 
goodness gracious, look who we're playing. You know, they're seven feet tall and built out of brick. So, you know, it's, that was a great experience to be a part of it. I mean, we love playing or I love playing, you know, up or against other talent. And, you know, for me, this past match was very, despite the outcome, I mean, we knew we played a great side and they played great. They deserved to win. Um, but 3 nothing wasn't re, wasn't reflective of the work that we put into it and the product that we put on the field. They were a better side, there's no question. But I love being a part of that experience. It was, you know, one of the first times that, uh, that the Open Cup was back in Connecticut um, in, you know, a, a decade or two decades for that matter. And it's great to, great to be a part of it. The fans, you know, the kids, you know, obviously disappointed in the loss, but just being a part of it and the excitement. It's just like knowing that you're bringing in, you know, you know potentially a, a pro experience, a pro team. It's our closest thing to the FA Cup where you can have a, a lower league team that plays the likes of, you know, a championship or, uh, you know, a, you know, a, you know, a Premier League team. It's just there's so much excitement that comes in. It's like, ooh, who are these guys? Where did they play? Um, so, you know, for us, it's it's that experience. It's it's those nerves. It's, you know, bringing that talent here and then the ability to showcase our talent and the professionalism in the club, you know, showcases. The only thing I can ever equate similar is when we played the Cosmos and, you know, we were playing as guys with U.S. national team roster experience and a lot of legal experience, and we lost two to one or whatever against the Cosmos. And, you know, it's it's because of that you wanna you wanna be able to rise to that occasion. So I love being a part of this last year's experience, and I'm looking forward to you know hopefully putting together a a better experience for everybody involved this coming year. That is the assistant coach Christian Benjamin of Hartford City FC. Christian, thank you so much for joining me tonight, and uh, good luck uh, at the end of March, and uh, good luck with the rest of the season tonight uh, this year. Look for us on Facebook and social media, and we're happy to answer any questions. We look forward to seeing you guys in the stands. Thank you, Agents of Hale, as well. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, now we're going to move on to our next guest. And this uh, gentleman uh, right now is the head coach of the Jacksonville Armada, the under-23 side. It's Mr. Tommy Krizanovic, who uh, – excuse me, Krizanovic, head coach of uh, Jacksonville Armada, under-23, joining me right now. Tommy, good evening, and congratulations as the Armada are back in the U.S. Open Cup. Hey, good evening. <clears throat> good evening, and uh, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, obviously, it's been a while since the Armada has been involved in the U.S. Open Cup. When you talk to people in the Jacksonville area, including people in the front office of the club or even your coaching staff or past players and current players, what does that mean for you to know that you're ready to go, you want to be in this tournament, you want to give this club that exposure nationally across the country for this sport? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a fantastic opportunity to be able to go alongside of the pathway of professional soccer again and being able to, you know, uh, move forward, advance, and try to play as many games as you can. Um, against some really good sides, but overall, I think no, I, it brings back brings back the community again, and and and, uh, and that's what I'm really excited about. <clears throat> and that's great to hear. Um, obviously, the last time I don't know if you were with the club back in 2018, 
Uh, but this is, like I said already, the third time uh, that you'll be in this tournament, and that'll be for this season. Uh, that was a great run they had, uh, Jacksonville Armada in 2018, going through the preliminary rounds, beat the Villages 2-1, beat Sigma Aguilas in the first round 2-0, uh, uh, defeating the Tampa Bay Rowdies 1-0 in the second round, unfortunately losing to Miami United uh, 2-0 in the third round. Uh, but still, though, I mean, that that's a great run back in that time period. Is that what you're hoping for, to, you know, copy that run back in 2018? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the objective is to try and advance as far as we can. Um, you know, the, the the roster in the summer obviously consists of more of our college players um, that are that are currently in college. So it'll be a little bit of a different roster going into the first round, possibly second round if we make it out. Um, but but you know, hopefully try to you know be optimistic and and it'll be good to give some of the younger guys. A chance as well to play. Um, can we replicate what we've done in 2018? Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think also the years before, you know, where you know, where it was the 23s, the pro team, where it was even before the Armada, the, the runs that we've had um, as an amateur or as a pro club, you know, those are always very good experiences for not just the team and the personnel and the front office and the staff, but but also for the community. I think that's what's so exciting about this one is that finally being back in, you know, we're all excited and, 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 and really looking forward to it. And that's great to hear, and I know that's going to be very exciting for everybody in the Jacksonville area. As you said, you know, you're getting your talent uh, within the Jacksonville area. Uh, do you usually scout the college uh, the college teams, do you also uh, have scouts like at Florida or Florida State? I mean, I'm not sure how close or how far those two schools are, but, I mean, you have you must scour the area very uh, religiously to get those types of players that you want to fit into the system that you develop. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we're fortunate enough to, to have the resources um, that we have to be able to not only scout you know, within the states or regionally, but also nationally, you know, and, um, you know, the roster in, in the summer usually consists of a good amount, probably about 70% of college players, and then the other 30% of our own academy players, which is, you know, again, a fantastic opportunity for them. You know, it may look a little bit different now with a, with the first round, but but really nothing is going to change as far as our style of play, the way we want to approach the game you know, the consistency that we want to see. Um, yeah, so we, we tried to cast the wide web to get as many, you know, as many talented players that we, that, that we can in. You know, sometimes we try and graduate some of our players to also go back to pro. As, as, you, know, as you know, right now, the 23s are, are, you know, do just consist of college players, but hopefully that changes soon. And, and, um, and yeah, and we bring pro soccer back to Jacksonville. Absolutely, and uh, that'll be exciting to see when that happens. And uh, you know, good luck to everybody over there. And we'll see. Uh, hopefully, if that does come to fruition. Um, if I can ask you this: when the fans found out that the club qualified to go back to the Open Cup, 
what was the news uh, that you heard or what was the chatter around the Jacksonville area that you got from your supporters that, oh, my God, we're back in the Open Cup. We can't wait to be back in the Open Cup. What was that like for you? Well, it's it's well, obviously very exciting. Um, I think one to the team, you know, last year we've that was one of our goals. It was to to qualify for Open Cup for the next year, and so with it. So obviously we were really excited about that. But then as far as the fan base, Section 904, um, the staff, the, the the office, the everyone, are, you know, operations, and then of course, you know the community, I think, you know, being able to measure yourself again with, with not only amateur teams, but also pro teams and, or, and having that opportunity is, 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 uh, is a, fin- a fantastic opportunity for everyone involved. And that's where we want to be, right? We want to, I think the, 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 the landscape here in Jacksonville has the players to, to, to be at that level. You know, we've always shown that, I think, where it's, you know, going back years and years of, you know, before even Armada started, you know, having teams in place that were adult teams to go through the route of qualifying through adult soccer and then, and then you know, that way to having a pro team and, and now to do it again with the 23s, I think it shows a lot of what the community is made of and what the players are made of here. I think shows resilience as, as well as in regards to, you know, being able to have such a strong community, I mean, such a strong uh, support base as well. So I think everyone is excited, ecstatic to, 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 to get started. I know lots and lots of tickets have already been sold. Um, the venue is fantastic, one of the old venues that we used to play in as well. So, yeah, again, it's just uh, what a great opportunity for everyone involved to be back in and, and, and like I said, be able to measure ourselves with some of the best Absolutely, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen uh, in your match. And let's go ahead and talk about your opponents. Obviously, you're in northern Florida. You'll be hosting Miami United from south Florida. Um, I think you can definitely say Miami United is one of those sides in the amateur level and as well as the NPSL, but they went through qualification to get to their spot. They have some dangerous players that can give you fits. What is it about Miami United that uh, concerns you, but at the same time, maybe you can take advantage of it? Um, I think that there's a lot of history there. You know, I, you know, having been in the same conference back years back as well, um, I think there's a bit of a, a rivalry matchup as well, which is fantastic. Um, I'm not really sure... I'd say I'm, I'm concerned. We know that we res- have respect for the club, for Miami United. Um, we know that they, their talent pool is fantastic also within within um, Miami. But, you know, we'll, we'll use our resources. We have some really good relationships with, with other clubs around Miami to, to be able to be as prepared as we can. Um, they're always going to be unpredictable. Um, the, the, the soccer there is... is played sometimes a little bit different, can be unpredictable, but that also depends on the individuals they will have and, and you know, what that matchup looks like. We expect that they're going to put out their best team, so that's how we're going to prepare, um, whether everyone comes back, whether the coaching change, uh, staff change, you know, whether that changes anything for them, 
I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to see that. But again, we'll try and prepare as best as we can, as we always do. I think going into the game, we're not going to hope to win. We're going to expect to win. And and uh, and at the end of the day, you know, win, lose, or tie, we're going to make sure that we put a performance out there for 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 the members, for the community to be to be proud of and to watch some high quality high quality soccer again. You know, we are in this digital age uh, this time around when it comes to uh, watching our sporting events, including, you know, soccer, football. It, you know, it's involved as well. You know, we're seeing so many leagues from Europe uh, coming across digital streaming platforms, uh, not just the linear television. For you, what would it mean for your side to be not just seen locally, but nationally across the country, as well as internationally. Yeah, I think uh, what it means is that, you know, we're back at a platform where we can showcase, you know, what we have to offer, um, you know, not just locally, like you said, but but, but nationally and, and internationally. You see some of the comments also made on our social media platforms that are not just from within that, that not only come from within the United States, but also from outside of the outside of the country, and the support that we have, I think the support we've we've gained over the years, you know, I, I think Sean, we the, the organization has definitely shown a lot of resilience and still has a lot of believers out there, whether it's locally or outside, and yeah, it's 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 good, it's it's, it's exciting um, to be able to showcase those talents in front of not just national pool but also internationally for sure what would you say would be your toughest opponent within the gulf coast conference in the south region uh our toughest opponent opponent would probably be southern states they are um Mm -hmm. they're always tough to play they're always tough to play against um you know the the you know the games that we that we share the matches we share are or, you know, you're all, you're always off your seat. You're always moving around. You're always having to adjust things. Um, they're led by really, you know, calls a really good coach, and 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 he does a really good job preparing his group. I think when you when you talk about and when you watch these games, I think you know you you try and see close to professional soccer as you can be, um, but. No, it's, they're definitely our toughest opponent. We really, we we look forward to always playing everyone, but um, we do take, you know, just like we always used to take Miami United as a rival, we take South States as a rival, and and are always excited for that game as well. So um, we anticipate they're going to be just as dangerous this year again. Um, but yeah, again, we we try to prepare as much as we can the way we do. We we try to be consistent with what we do and how, what our process looks like. Um, and, and at the end, may the better one win. Absolutely. And I know I cannot wait to see uh, what your team is going to do in your matchup against Miami United. I mean, I'm already circled that one uh, to be the most watched match on that day, which will be Thursday, March 23rd, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens then. But let me just say this. I want to say thank you so much, Tommy, for being on the show tonight. Uh, I want to wish you very good luck in the opening round and hopefully for 
Jacksonville Armada, you and them will make a big run in the 2023 U.S. Open Cup. Thank you again for joining me tonight. Absolutely. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Thank you. Tommy Krasanovich, head coach of the Jacksonville Armada Under-23 side, as they are going to be in that opening round of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup to take on Miami United. It's going to be a strong one. It's going to be a great one, and we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen when we get to that matchup. My next guest is coming from the state of Ohio. Coming from Cleveland, of course, this is the head coach of Cleveland SC, Vlad Murison. Vlad, welcome to the show. Congratulations having Cleveland SC back in the U.S. Open Cup. Good evening, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, And um, we're ready. We're excited. Now, I have to ask you this question, and I promise it will be painless. Hungarian or Romanian? Romanian. Thank you. So am I. <laughs> Are you really? Yes, my, my father's from Oradia. I was born in New York. Oh, okay. That's nice to hear. I was born over there in a small city around uh, Alba Iulia, but my parents are from around Cluj. They met in Cluj, and yeah, that was. I've been to Oradia before. It's a beautiful city. Nah, you know, I I I was. Um, I know we're not supposed to talk politics uh, on on this uh, show because I want to talk about football, but. Um, Let's just say when I was a little boy, I was in Romania during the Ceausescu years. So uh, I, I do know a little bit about communism back in the day. Like I said, I was born in the States. So um, when I went to visit family on my mother's side, uh, his palace was just across the street from one of my uh, great aunts. So I'm, I'm very aware of the situation. But uh other than that, yes, I'm an old fart. I can't help it. But anyway, we're, <laughs> let's we're get blessed back to, to live in. Uh, we're we're blessed to live in the greatest country in the world right now, so we can be happy and proud of that. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, um, this is the second consecutive year that Cleveland SC uh, has qualified for the U.S. Open Cup. Last year, of course an extra-time victory over Chicago FC United, which was 2-1. And last year, unfortunately, in the second round, falling to forward Madison of USL League One, Um, 3-0. What was that experience like uh, for the club last year, if you were with the club last year? And and do you want to duplicate that feat for this upcoming tournament and try to go further? Uh, Daniel, I was not with the club last year at this time. Uh, I was actually appointed after the game against Madison. All I can tell you is that I probably watched those uh, two games that Cleveland SC had in the Open Cup last year. I probably watched those games maybe 10 times each because that was the only games I had to to learn about my team and figure out my players, my personalities, and um we're hoping that we can achieve, we can match the, the achievement from last year. And we have a dream of, of winning the second game as well and, and hopefully playing against an MLS team, you know. It is a, a big dream, a big ask, but we, we have belief in ourselves 
and I have belief in my players, and I think that we we have a good chance to do it. Oh, I believe you do, and why not? Everything's up for grabs when you open up the round uh, in the opening round of the Open Cup. What does that mean to you? I mean, obviously you must have watched many, many Romanian uh, Cup matches back home, uh, a lot of FA Cup matches that get streamed here in the States, these Open Cup games that you've probably seen before you even joined this coaching staff of Cleveland SC. When you get involved in the Open Cup, what does that mean to you personally? You know, it's a, it's a huge honor. Um, if I look back at my playing career, the, the best moment of my playing career was playing in the Romanian Cup. And uh, I was on a team called Zladna, and we ended up playing against Dinamo Bucharest, which, you know, it's, it's one of the two biggest teams in, in the country. Uh, so there was the... Yeah, absolutely. That was one of, uh, if not the best moment of my playing career. So I make a comparison in my head between my playing career and my coaching career, and I hope that I can have one of my best coaching moments in the U.S. Open Cup. Absolutely. And it's really going to be a lot of fun. I know for a fact it's going to be a big challenge for you and your players. Um, When you talk to the supporters – when you took over uh, last year. And then, of course, uh, you know, they wanted to see, you know, a lot of changes and, and positive play from, you know, from your tactics. But when you requalified for the Open Cup this year, what have the supporters have told you? And at the same time, what have your players have said? You know, we want, this, uh, we want a second chance. We really want to go further. What, what has been the discussion with you about this? You know, the players and the supporters were happy that we made it again to this round. But both myself, the owner, the supporters, and the players believe that we should be a regular fixture at this at this point in the competition, and we should be able to qualify year in, year out for this because, uh, you know, a good club needs to be consistent. And being able to qualify now for the second year in a row, that shows that we have been consistent. We have been able to build on the previous seasons and the work done by the previous coach, Lewis Dunn. Uh, so it's just a, it's a massive moment for us. I know the supporters, the Six City Syndicate, if you've never been to Cleveland, you need to come see our supporters and see the atmosphere they make at our home games. You know, I feel like we play with, with 12 players on the field when we play at home because the supporters are always there for us. Um, they always, they're always there for us in the moments when we need them, in the tough moments of the game. And um, hopefully we can repay them with uh, our performances and our results on the pitch. Absolutely. I mean, we always talk about the Columbus crew. We always talk about FC Cincinnati and how they've done well in MLS. But if I can ask you, the players that you find or you can recruit from the Cleveland area, what is it about the Cleveland players that you feel are just on that same level as those players that are being developed in Cincinnati and Columbus? Um, Cleveland is a is a with a, a rich soccer culture, also a rich sporting culture. Um, we have a, a 
a lot of people that immigrated to Cleveland, like myself, especially from Eastern Europe. I have uh, Croatian players, Serbian players, Bosnian players, um, and we play with this with this fire in our belly, with this desire to to show the world that we can compete with anyone, and also have that uh, a pride in your heritage. And I think it's a neat thing that we can put it all together, all our different cultures and personalities, and we put it all together for for the city of Cleveland and for this team. And a lot of the players, and including myself, we've been in Cleveland for mostly all, all of our life, me since since I came over here 20 years ago. So we we feel a certain sense of connection and meaning to to the city of Cleveland and um, to the rich history that we have with the Cleveland Crunch in the the late 80s and we hope that we can add to this to this uh, Cleveland aura. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's going to be a lot of fun uh, when you're going to get ready uh, for these big games, not just in the NPSL, of course, but when you're ready for this Open Cup tournament starting in late March. Now, your opponents are going to be Lion Bridge FC coming from USL League 2 in Virginia. You'll be hosting it at the North Olmsted High School in North Olmsted, Ohio. Now, I'm not sure if you're able to scout them, but... What do you know about them, and how dangerous are they going to be, and what will Cleveland do to try to nullify their attacking style? You know, uh, they had uh, a, a good season last year. They won uh, a good amount of games. Um, it will not be easy for us. It will not be easy for them. Um, but it's it's cup football, you know. It's 90 minutes or 120 minutes or maybe even longer than that. And anything can happen in a in a football game, especially in a cup competition where you have to have a winner and a loser at the end of the game. Um, we're going to need to be very, very focused. They are very aggressive. They 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 play all four moments of the game um, to a pretty good level, Lions Bridge do. I know they have been with the same code for four or five years, so they have a, a sense of familiarity between the coach, the owner, the players. Um, but we know that we are a, a tough team. We know that on our day we can compete with anyone at this level, and on any given day we can give – even the best team in in the USA, we can give them a run for their money. So we are excited. We are excited also to be playing at home in front of our supporters. Um, and we're going to give everything on the pitch. What does this mean to you when you're learning that, because we're in the digital age the, uh, around this time now, uh, that your club will be seen not just locally, not just nationally across the country, but internationally around the world through these streaming devices and the platforms that are available to us right now. It's a, it's a huge honor. Uh, I know a lot of my players, family back in Europe as well, so our families will be able to watch us, which 
is is a very proud moment for for all of us and um it's it gives us even more incentive to to perform to the best of our abilities and and to put our team this team cleveland s c put the word to the whole world that that we are here and we are a very good soccer team and we can play with anybody absolutely and uh this is why they uh you know, you call the Davids versus the Goliaths. I mean, this is this opportunity right now, and you want to at least get out of that opening round and hopefully get on a big, big run, and hopefully Cleveland SC will be the ones to do it. Um, which players on your roster right now, who should we, we be watching out for, not just for this MPL, MPSL season, but for these Open Cup games? Who is your most dangerous player? Um. Let me start by saying that my captain, Bobby Chanchar, he is the heart and soul of the team. He plays as a center back, so he may not be the most dangerous player to watch, but like I said before, he is the heart and soul of the team. Um, Vinny Bell, he is a NPSL legend. He is probably one of the greatest players to have played in the NPSL, scoring many, many goals. Uh, besides him, we also have Admir Soljevic at the number 10 position, who is... Uh, very classy player, very technical, can see a pass. Um, we have very good pullbacks in Chris Avaco and Benny Hrichko. We have uh, Mike Derizic. We have Janis Schmidt in midfield. We have Daniel Kanyarsik. So if you ask me for one player, I, sa- I started saying about 10, so that's how I feel. It's It's not just one player, it's mm-hmm. everyone, and... I feel that we have, I have good players in every department, which makes my job as a coach much easier. Absolutely. And my final question to you is this. Claudio Ranieri had pizza parties for Leicester City the entire year when they won the Premier League trophy. Will there be Mitite parties by you over in Cleveland if there's a victory? Yes. Yes, I promise. If any of my players are listening right now, if we win on uh, March 23rd, we will have a Mitite party, or maybe we will have even some Sarmale. You're familiar with that, right? Of course I am. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, if you ever yes. come to Cleveland, we will have to, I will have to take you to the best uh, Romania restaurant here, and and we can... We can enjoy some of our beautiful uh, kitchen. Yes, you're on. I got your number. It's stamped in there. I'll give you the heads up. Thank you so much uh, for joining me tonight, Vlad. Have a good evening, and good luck in the Open Cup. Sounds good, Daniel. I'll see you soon in Cleveland. All right, see you soon. That's Vlad Mirasan, head coach of Cleveland SC. Bye-bye as uh, his side is going to get ready to take on Lionsbridge over in the opening round of the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, We're still going strong here. We're still going to have some fun, ladies and gentlemen, as we get ready to talk to my next guest. Whenever he's ready to come on, we'll get into it. And once again, this is the NPSL Soccer Show, previewing the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup opening round proper as we talk to those MPSL clubs uh, who were not on my Open Cup preview show, 
for that or the review show of the first round draw, those clubs that are going to be a part of the opening round. And this should be, ladies and gentlemen, this should be a fun time for these teams getting ready for the Open Cup. And I personally can not wait. And we are going to get ready for my next guest tonight, as he will be joining us very soon. This gentleman, of course, very, very busy man, running uh, his ever-famous restaurant in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that is, of course, Delisandro's. Delisandro's, ladies and gentlemen. That's the hot ticket. That's the hot meal you want to get if you're in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. And the one and only Sonny Delisandro, uh, hopefully will be joining me very, very soon as we get ready for his time as Tulsa Athletic for the fifth time, has joined the U.S. Open Cup opening round, and hopefully we got him on right now as we get ready for this. No, it doesn't look like we have him on at the moment, and uh, we will be uh, hopefully having him on very soon, and uh, hopefully uh, we will have him on soon and getting ready to talk about the Open Cup with him. Now, as I've said already, Tulsa Athletic has been in the Open Cup. This is their fifth time in the Open Cup. Of course, they've been in it last year and had a, uh, I would say, a good run. They had a very good run, unfortunately, falling uh, flat. And uh, in the... uh, going with a 3-0 victory against the Azteca FC from Colorado. But unfortunately, that Tulsa um, rivalry with FC Tulsa, uh, they fell two goals to one in the second round. And now it's up to them to uh, get ready to make another run if they can. And, you know, it, it would be really, really cool to see if they are able to make that big run moving forward. And I cannot wait for that to happen. I believe we have him on the phone lines right now. Sonny D'Alessandro, a very, very busy man, of course. Try the meatball special in Marinara Sauce. Sonny, good evening, and welcome back to the Open Cup. Daniel, thank you. We're glad to be back in the Open Cup. And I'm very glad to have you back on. Now, before we even get into uh, the crux of uh, this up-and-coming match at the end of March, let me just tell you this. Your jersey that you, you and your club have advertised on Twitter, my goodness, spot on, beautiful. You like that? Love it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. The Dewar Trophy with so many championship photographs of past Open Cup winners all over the front, I'm assuming on the back as well, that, my friend, is the best homage to the Open Cup I have ever seen, and my God, you should be selling those out. Um, I'm glad you like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's such a historic competition, and I think that – 
you know, it deserves a little more promotion. It, it's such a, a unique thing because we don't have, and obviously, you know, you touched on the pro rel on the front, but because that system's not in place, it's the only mechanism we have in this country in soccer to watch teams from other divisions play against each other. So we wanted to do something kind of exciting and, you know, kind of let the country know that, like, we we promote and are in favor of promotion relegation to create a more uh, organic system for teams to move up and down. And, um and yeah, and obviously you got to tip tip the cap to those who were before us. Uh, some really great clubs on there, and yeah, it's just a, a fun idea. If, if uh, your listeners are out there, everyone that you buy puts one on the back of one of our players in the tournament. So um, you know they'll be outfitting the boys with a, a philosophy that I think a lot of your listeners believe in. So yeah, kind of a kind of a cool thing. Thanks for the nod. I appreciate that. No, listen when when you when you and the club posted it on Twitter. I was, I mean, my eyes bulged. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Not because it's a a soccer shirt or or a soccer jersey, but to homage the Open Cup in the way that I don't think anyone else has. I try myself personally. I know many others that cover the Open Cup through the Cup.us, and Josh Hockla does his best with all the history that he gets. I'll tell you right now, Sonny, what you and the club have done, it's an absolutely beautiful thing, and I give you complete credit for what you and the club and Tulsa Athletic have done. Man, thank you. Those are such kind words. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Like I said, we always kind of put yourself out there not knowing what to expect, and internally we all were like, oh, man, we all love this, but, you know, some people are like, that's corny, pink is lame. No, that's not true, but um, (laughs) – Yeah, it's always nice to get that sort of affirmation from people that you respect in the soccer community. They're like, yeah, we we love what you're doing. That's a good-looking kid. So thank you. That means a lot. No, it's not a problem at all, and uh, hopefully uh, I can get I can buy one of those because I really want that for myself. To be honest with you, I would I would buy a jersey. I would buy. I will buy it. I will definitely buy it. Um, You know, this is your fifth time in the Open Cup. What does that say to you when your players, your coaching staff, they understand not only is this tournament important to you, but important to the people of Tulsa who support your club? Yeah, you know, for clubs on our level, it's, uh, so it represents something different. Like, I, I, I have to tell my mom this. I'm like, hey, mom, I got bad news. Like, we're not going to win the Open Cup this year. <laughs> you know, she's like the – the um hard the hardest supporter of the club like the biggest fan but it's like you we're not going to beat six mls teams and win the and win the cup but i think what it represents for like some of us smaller clubs is we've got a lot of guys one it pays homage to the the team last season because that's how we qualify you know we we will qualify if we have a good year this year in 23 that'll qualify us for next year in 24 so you know this is sort of um, the carrot that the boys last year were sort of fighting for. When they won the regional semifinal, they got one of the eight bids that, that the MPSL gets. So, you know, that's a really special thing. The other part to that is we've got a lot of guys that aren't in college anymore that, that still play that, are, in, in my opinion, are pro-level guys. Um, we've seen we, – we, we had four players from the club go professional this year, and we we have, you know, six or seven that I think are of that – of that level and some even better um, who haven't gotten that look. So I think what it represents for this, these smaller clubs is it's like if we were to get 
a result on the back of these guys' hard work, then these professional clubs are going to take a look in and say, hey, like, not only these guys hold their own against some professional sides, if if we get through our first-round game, um, you know, they've got some guys who are able to, to get stuck in and to be impactful at this level. So we really try and utilize it as um, sort of a springboard for our some of our aspiring pros to get out there, get some game film against professional teams, try and be impactful, and – even though we would be losing a player from playing for us, it's a win. It, it's a loss that we'll always want to take because at the end of the day, it's a win. People that look at our club and say, I can go play there. I can do well. And from that, uh, it'll increase my opportunities as a professional in this game. But that, that for us long-term is a win. So that's kind of what the Open Cup represents to us. I mean, we would love to scalp an MLS team. I think that's kind of the, the dream is to sneak up on an MLS team and get a real fluky, quirky result. Um, where the boys are brilliant and you know, anytime those lower teams get a, a result against an MLS team, it's, it's a dream. But right now our club, as you know, is always focused just kind of on the, on the one right ahead of us, which is, um, which is Brazos Valley Cavalry. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And that's going to be your opening round opponent uh, as you're going to be hosting them over at Hicks park in Tulsa. Yep. I don't know if you talk with the coaches. I mean, obviously they're scouting this opponent, uh, probably looking at past tapes, if there are past tapes but or past streams. But what is it about Brazos Valley that concerns you? And what do you have to be ready for besides them being a Texas team? Yeah, I've got no idea. Um, you know, we, we pride ourselves on being really well prepared. But the, the Open Cup, without the use of college, traditionally use a lot of college players means that we're kind of playing against a little bit of an unknown. Um, I know at one point they were operated by the Houston Dynamo, so it wouldn't surprise me to see some academy kids coming through, which obviously that's going to be super fit, super technical, high-level high level young players. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we saw like a few of those kids. Uh, that area is certainly rich in talent. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's a ton of value in going back to game tape, if it's a complete change of on-field personnel, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's kind of one of those mm-hmm. things where we'll get our group. We'll have our runway up to the game of training sessions and a few friendlies and come, come the whistle. We're going to probably more than anything, just try and impose what we're trying to do in the game and, and make them deal with that. And I would, I would expect them to do something similar, similar as well. No, absolutely. I understand. And, you know, you probably, I guess sometimes the element of surprise is even better than to have a game plan uh, getting ready for that opponent. Because, like you said, uh, there's no uh, film footage and obviously the college players are not there. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, it's really going to be exciting. And let me ask you this. Because you've been a part of these Open Cups during these seasons when ESPN was streaming these Open Cup games, this year will be Turner Sports. In your opinion, what does it mean for you, not only to be seen not just locally, but of course nationally in the country, but now internationally since we're now involved in the age of streaming on all these digital platforms? Well, I mean, again, I would kind of defer the credit to the technical staff and the and the personnel, the guys that, that have gotten us there. So it, it's great that they get um, those eyeballs on them, you know, for me, I just try and provide them with ever, with whatever they need to be competitive. Um, you know, I, if I'm being completely honest with you, I got into this game because a buddy of mine a million years ago played for that Dallas Roma team that 
um, beat Romario's Miami team, and then they beat Chivas USA. And I thought to myself, like, I've got a really good men's league team. Like, why don't we make a run? And we tried for a couple of years, and I realized that we just needed a, a, a better platform during, over, the, over the course of the summer, a better league to attract players and to raise our level. And that's when we joined the MPSL was in 2013. So it's always kind of neat for me to reflect back on, you know, sitting in the pub with some friends of mine thinking like, we've got a really good team. Like what would we look like against professional sides and the ability for us to be a game away from doing that again this year is, is, is really cool retrospectively when you, when you kind of look back at where you've been, where you are and, and where you're going. So yeah, I, I hope the boys come out and have a good performance. I hope that there's tons of eyeballs on them. Internationally, I don't know. I've all, I always joke on our streams that the international views are just um, people that are, like, really up late in Azerbaijan betting on the games, but who knows? <laughs> hmm. No, absolutely. We'll see what happens um, going down the line. And obviously, end of March will be that opening round matchup for your guys. And, um, you know, I personally cannot wait. But I just also want to say this, you know, it's always fun to have owners like yourself, Damon Gochner from Denton, uh, Andrew Wildgus of uh, Atlantic City, and the many other owners of these MPSL sides to come on this show. And, you know, I like to think that I'm blessed to and, and thankful and grateful to have great people like yourselves to be available for this show. And it's always people like you that makes this show interesting, makes my job even easier to give you guys this opportunity to talk to not just your fans, but the fans of this league, but to all fans of American soccer that truly love to talk about your side involving yourselves in the Open Cup. Well, the other, you know, the other side of that coin is thanks for having a really fun and entertaining platform for us to come on and tell our stories, too. So don't, don't sell yourself short there. We, we appreciate what you do and how you allow us to get our messages, our unique stories from our communities out to the, the soccer community. So cheers to you, too, my friend. Thank you very much. And, Sonny, good luck uh, in the end of March. Uh, that's going to be a big game against Brazos Valley. And hopefully Tulsa gets up on top and moves on to that second round. Thank you for joining us tonight. I know you'll be, I know you'll be in our jersey watching. Have a good weekend, brother. You got it. Thank you very much. Sonny D'Alessandro, owner of Tulsa Athletic. Head over to D'Alessandro's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Once again, try the meatball special with marinara. Uh, as we move on here on the Four Reasons Fire American Soccer Show, as we get ready to join uh, my next guest, of course, and this gentleman is the uh, head coach of Crossfire Premier, based out in the state of Washington, as they qualified they qualified through being a part of the 2022 NPSL final, unfortunately falling to FC Motown. Uh, but still, though, they reached the U.S. Open Cup opening round. Joining me right now is their head coach in Bill Colello. Bill, welcome back to the show. Congratulations on qualifying for the 2023 U.S. Open Cup. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. No, no problem at all. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is Crossfire Premier's very first time competing in the Open Cup. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I actually, I do believe that's true. Yes. And when you found out that you reached deep into the playoffs last year. And I know, obviously, you wanted to win the league last year. And, you know, of course, you know, 
that's what we hope that everybody tries to do. But when you found out that your club was going to make the Open Cup for this upcoming edition, what did that mean to you, your players, and the front office and the ownership? Oh, it's a, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, I, I think I last time I was on, I talked about, I mean, Bernie James is kind of the leader of the club and he's the, he's the face of what it is. And his, his under 19 team won a national championship last year. And we were fortunate enough to make it to the finals and fell a little bit short, but the club has had tremendous success, whether it was in the DA or, or, or in whatever it is now. And this NPSL team, he, he's positioned it where these kids can come back from their college experiences and, and come back and play. And so it's, it's a big deal to them to kind of culminate into this and, and be able to play in the open cup and have an opportunity to kind of go forward with it. And, 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 and Bernie's platform for all these kids. And I can't say enough about how awesome that is for all these kids to have a chance to go and do that. So it's, it's pretty cool. And he's the boss and everybody else is behind us. And we're, we're, we're super excited to be part of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's going to be exciting to watch. I mean, obviously, um, I mean, when you have the Seattle Sounders in, within the state and they are four time Open Cup champions, I mean, obviously, you would like to think that your side has an opportunity to get to that level if you're, you know, if you can last that long. And that's the hope here, of course, to get deep into the tournament to maybe knock off maybe one day the Seattle Sounders to get an Open Cup championship if it's possible. Oh, we would, that would be a, yeah, we would love to obviously do that. That would be a huge thing for us. And, and we are, I mean, we're, we're, these are all kids that I, like the, the team, the team itself is, will be composed of a few older players on this, in this run in the initial, the initial stages, just because the college players aren't all the way available yet. But, um, but yes, everybody is extremely aware and very motivated to be able to possibly have that opportunity for sure. It would be huge. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, I want to go back to that NPSL Cup final. I mean, obviously, FC Motown, eventually the, the, the champions of the league last year. But um, when you were in the final, that like, what was that match like for you guys, especially for yourself? And did that feel like an open cup match, even though it was for uh, the championship of the NPSL? Yeah, I I think it did. I I mean, we can we can probably go back and look and say that the coach probably I probably made some errors in the way that we subbed and we went down 2-0 early and we, you know maybe we weren't all the way ready going across country and we had done a lot of travel and I ne- I I think I said this last time you know that the team is pretty fluid. We never had all the guys. I only had a couple. I only had all the guys in three games, and um, uh, you know it's obviously. For this, for these purposes, it'd, it'd be cool to mention that, like Elijah and, and Omar and and a couple of these other guys, they're they're playing now with MLS clubs, and they're, they're Elijah was a Generation Adidas guy out of the UW. So it, we 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 had a lot of players that 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 moved on now, but but it's really cool for us. It's a really cool thing for us to move them on. But but yes, in the final. We came up short. We probably, if we had all of our guys, maybe it's a different result. But I think the bigger thing was that the kids got a taste of what it's like to really be in that in that professional environment where you're traveling every week and you got to get prepared and you got to be organized and you have to be able to find ways to get sleep and you have to be, you know, it, it was. 
I thought that was pretty cool, and that's that's definitely more open cup tournament style thing. And so I think that it'll it, it helped us for sure in terms of it. Um, I probably have only maybe six or seven returners currently um, in that group that'll go into this stage. But fortunately, Bernie's got a really good under-19 team, and so we'll take some of those guys, and then we'll add a few other older guys in that are across our alumni and be able to kind of put together, I think, I think a really good side. And, and then hopefully we win a couple games, and then we'll have those college guys back, and, and we'll, be, we'll be a pretty good side. We'll be pretty tough to beat, I think, or at least we'll be difficult to play against for sure. Absolutely. Um, when your supporters and the fans found out that you did qualify for the Open Cup, what did they say to you? What did your fans uh, say to you? Or have, they, have you spoken to any of them about when you were officially in the draw to open up uh, at the end of next month uh, against your opponents? Um, I, I wish I had a large fan base. I could probably say was was calling out. I don't know if we have a large one, but definitely all the people around the area are are very supportive and and definitely everybody's excited for what it is. And they were hoping for a home match, but we're on the road. We go to um, Fremont, California, to play against Project Five Ten, which is I think they're the Oakland Roots. Um, uh, I, I would call affiliate, right? I think they're the affiliate team for Oakland Roots. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's uh, I'm sure it'll be a it'll be a great game and everybody's excited to kind of see what that what that is and and we're all optimistic and i think that just the the people that support crossfire and the people that um again the platform that bernie's built is 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 pretty a pretty awesome support network that is that is uh based around a lot of really great soccer people and families and i just think that that everybody's excited kind of with the opportunity to do it. And like I said, I think that the other big thing is, is Bernie's a really huge proponent of American players getting to do and have opportunities. And he's got that under 19 team and we'll give more than a few of those kids opportunities to play. He's got some really, really good kids. And so we'll have some really young players get an opportunity to play against, you know, a pretty big game for the most part. Right. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe the biggest game of some of their careers actually. So it's, it's, I think that's really awesome. No, it really is, and uh, that should be a fun one. And as we were talking about, I guess um, they are affiliated with Oakland Roots. That will be 510 Project as um, – <clears throat> excuse me – as um, Project 510, I should say. Excuse me. You're going to be traveling down to Fremont, California to take them on. Um, obviously, you've, you probably already scouted those kids. And But what, what are you more worried about, uh, basically? I, I mean, are you worried about – what's going to be like in the middle of the park in the midfield by them? Or do you feel that your attack is going to be strong enough to neutralize their midfield and their back line? Um, I would probably, you know, we are, we're pretty simple. We follow, like I said, I, Bernie set up a pretty good plan and, and, and we I follow his kind of his, his lead and we keep it really simple. We, we make it, we make it very difficult for teams to play against us. And so for me, it's always kind of the same. It's, it's going out, making sure that the effort level is at the right spot. Mentally, we're in a good spot. And then we go out and work, try to outwork that opponent as much as we can, right? And we're going to – we'll make it extremely difficult for any team to play against us um, in any one area. And we're a, we're a high-press team, and 
we're going to press everywhere and we're going to run like crazy and we'll make changes according to the, you know, the fitness levels of the guys and how we're going to do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of more focused around the way we do things. I don't necessarily care what the other team is doing as much. I, not to say that I, I'm not going to look and kind of look at players and understand, but we're, we're definitely a lot more focused where we are on doing the best that we can the way we do it. Absolutely, and why not? Um, I really think uh, that's all you can do now. It's the opening match. you just got to be uh, very, very uh, – uh, how was the word I was going to actually look for? I mean, you just got to go for it. You just got to go for it, and you just got to find a way – to make sure you get that victory and you move on into the next round and everything. Um, with the digital age now, the streaming services and everything, not only will the locals uh, from your area will be watching you, across the country is going to be watching you, and even internationally will be watching you. What does that mean for you and the club to get that platform and that amount of uh, exposure now with all these digital services and streaming services platforms? Yeah, obviously, like I said, I mean, we're big proponents of getting these kids moved on and getting them to get viewed so they can play at the highest level they can play at and kind of show off and showcase what Crossfire has to to bear and, and what we bring to the table. And so, I mean, obviously, we're all really excited about any of the any of the different platforms that we'll be watching and, and the people watching. And um, I, look, I, I, I really do feel like, and I, I'll, I'll comment on the league, the, the league, you know, it, it, they did a really good job last year of, of helping us and navigating through the playoffs and stuff last year. And we had a lot of great success individually as, with some of the players. And it's part of that, a big part of it's their college programs and a big part of it's crossfire in general, but a, a big part of it is the NPSL and, what they allowed the kids to be able to do. So uh, we're, we're, we're all in and we're really excited to let the, let everybody see kind of what we're about. And, and like I said, I, I think that, I think that we'll, we're result-based group and hopefully we can get a result and move on. And it's a tournament. So, right. You got to win, you got to win and move on. And hopefully we can, our goal is to go and do the best that we can and be the longest lasting NPSL team for sure. Absolutely, and of course, that big reward is at the end of the uh, at the end of the run. If hopefully you are the last MPSL team standing, I think it's what twenty five thousand dollars. I think it is for the club. So that's yeah. a big prize to get, and hopefully uh, that's Crossfire sure. and uh, Premier, and uh, you know that's going to be huge for you and the club if you're able to get that far. It will for sure. It would be great. Bernie puts a lot, almost all that money back into the kids. Absolutely, and that's a great way to do it. Well. Listen, Bill, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate your uh, t- your time here on the show, and uh, good luck at the end of March uh, against Project 510. Uh, and uh, all I can say is uh, hopefully it's a big, long run. So good luck in the Open Cup this year. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me again. Thank you for coming on again, and we'll talk to you soon. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank Bill you. Colello, head coach, thank you, of uh, Crossfire Redmond, as uh, their side is going to get a big, big chance to take on a tough opponent in Project 510 from USL League 2. And now, ladies and gentlemen, my final guest tonight, 
He is the head coach and general manager of El Farolito in the San Francisco area. This is Mr. Santiago Lopez as he joins me here on the 40 Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. Santiago, good evening. Welcome to the show and congratulations for El Farolito returning to the U.S. Open Cup for the 2023 edition. Thank you so much for having me once again here. We're very excited for this year's Open Cup for sure. Absolutely, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, um, 2019 was the last time El Farolito reached the tournament. You defeated Academica uh, two goals to one in the opening round, unfortunately, uh, falling to Fresno, who is defunct at the, who is defunct right now in the second round, losing by a goal to nil. Obviously, you don't like falling short of your goals, but do you feel that for this coming edition – that El Farolito can make a big run. Um, we definitely, we definitely have the the talent and the group to do it. Um, but you know, every every game is so different, and we only we're only thinking about the next ninety minutes, which is against Inter San Francisco, which is a new club that we know very well. Uh, a lot of players that used to play with us are there right now. Um, that's the only thing we have in mind. If we have, we could go into a long run. That'd be great. Um, but as of right now, we're just focused on the next 90 minutes. Absolutely. And uh, that's all you can do, really. Um, how happy are you? Because I know Inter San Francisco has been getting uh, some press in the Bay Area recently. Uh, obviously, they're on the local NBC affiliate in the Bay Area. Uh, just like probably El Farolito has also had some solid press themselves in the past. What does that mean for you, I guess, to see the sport finally getting the much recognition it needs, especially in the San Francisco area? Um, I mean, in this area, there's always been uh, a lot of clubs coming, you know, in and out. This is a, this is a new club in which uh, they're doing things. They're doing amazing, amazing things. They're, they did an amazing run qualifying for rounds, I believe. Uh, I believe like no goals against or 17 in, uh, in favor, but um, it's you see that pretty often every 10 years when there's a new team that lasts three to four years and then they disappear. So I really hope this this club for the for the good sake of the sport and in, in, in the Bay Area they could stay here for you know decades. So it's um, it's great to see them uh, coming up like this. Yeah, same here, but now we're going to go back to your side. What does it mean for the community that does support El Farolito that it's another opportunity to be under the sun and under the spotlight uh, fighting for an opportunity to make a big run in the Open Cup? The entire group is very, very motivated. The, the ownership group, um, myself, we're extremely, extremely happy that we we got to qualify, especially this year, because it's this year will be the 30th year that the club won the Open Cup in '93, so it's a 30-year anniversary. It's, it means a lot, and just to be in the in the competition means a lot to us. So, hopefully, you know though that old generation is uh, proud of us, and they can support us from close or far away, and we can make a good run. But it, it means a lot to us, and it just it's just meant to be. After last last year having a good season. Um, and being able to qualify through the NPSL, which is the second time it's happened, because normally we would have to just go through the open uh, uh, qualifying track, and we're very, very proud and very happy to be here.
what does that mean for the ownership group, obviously? I mean, like you said, you're celebrating 30 years. I, I mean, obviously there are other clubs that are a lot older than El Farolito, but to be involved that long in that San Francisco area, how proud are you and how proud are the people that have been a part of that club for such a long period of time, including ex-players and current players? Yeah, everybody, they they love the name. They, they, they want to be part of it. Uh, uh, for myself, it's just a huge honor, a huge privilege to be able to make these decisions of who comes in, who doesn't, and and just looking forward to the future of the club, if it's the, the NPSL team or if it's the youth teams that we're going to be building in the future. Um, to me, it's just a huge honor, and everybody is just seeing the growth of, of the club, and hopefully they're happy, and hopefully they can keep supporting us because uh, so far it's been it's been tremendous. No, it really, really has, and uh, I'm very happy to hear that. Um, for those of us that are familiar, obviously – there's some strong California players in the Los Angeles area, the San Diego area. What is it about the Bay Area that gives you the best crop of top talented players to come over to be part of El Farolito, whether it be through high school or your academy or the surrounding neighboring colleges that you're able to get players uh, to join your side? Yeah, I think uh, throughout many years, Jen decades, generations, uh, San Francisco has been uh, a place of just um, so much diversity. It's diversity. It could be, you know, from Asia, Central, South America, even Europe. We've always had a good mix of uh, cultures here, and that's why even the local people outside the sport, they're very, very proud of being, you know, from the Bay Area. And then including with the sports, uh, we have so much. Obviously, we have the Warriors, we have the Giants. You go down south, you have the Earthquakes, the Sharks. A huge competition, but overall, um, club was built from immigrants, um, Central and South America and Mexican Mexican uh, immigrants. They started in the mid '80s, and they just got together. They created a team and a club, and they just built a family, and it just kept on going. And that tradition just kept on passing along with uh, you know word of mouth people inviting other people and it's just it's been a tradition here for the San Francisco uh, soccer community that El Farolito tries to always compete the best way with doesn't matter where you're from um, if you're here illegally or legally it doesn't matter if you can play you're, you know you're more than welcome to come and try out absolutely and that's going to be a fun time to see what happens with your club as uh once again it's going to be a fun situation when you get ready for this open cup matchup against inter san francisco um if we can't talk about this matchup it's going to be an afternooner uh by your side three o'clock on the uh pacific time slot to be six o'clock here on the east coast uh one of those rare afternoon uh, tilts over there in san francisco area what is it about Inter San Francisco that you're a little concerned about, or you know, what gives you concerns about them when you're going to face them for 90 minutes or maybe even more? Um, what concerns me is just basically a, a, it's a cup match. This is a, we've had a couple of them in the past, and we know exactly the feeling of it, the, the intensity. It's, a, it's just a different, different experience. It's nothing like anything else. Um, so that's what concerns me, the, the knowing that it's there's going to be some players that even in their side, they're going to be nervous. Maybe it's the first time. Um, it's 
it's just a different experience. So I'm concerned about the game overall because it's 90 minutes, even plus minutes if it's possible. Um, and the field conditions, it's it's natural grass. It's a massive field. Um, anything could happen. It's already happened before. I remember back, I think it was 2017 when we played a USL2 team. Back then it was affiliate of the earthquakes. It was called Burlingame Dragons. I believe it was that 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 50th minute, 0-0 game, and then we get a red card, and that changes your whole entire game plan. And, you know, we went to penalty kicks and we lost. And we knew going into the game in the first round we could have a good chance, especially playing at home, 3 p.m., Boxer on the Tuesday, Boxer Stadium. And it just went downhill after that, and it's just it's just unplanned and that's that's what always worries me in every single game is that you just never know what could happen with you know the refs or the players, any mistakes so of course we we highly respect the rival because we do know the players that they have they those players obviously know us because they've been part of a club in the past, and so there's there's just nothing new. We know each other, and it's going to be a very intense match for sure. And what's the area like around Boxer Stadium where you're going to play this match? Is this on a campus, on a college, or is this a community field? What What's Boxer Stadium going to be like? Boxer Stadium is a, I, I believe, is the first soccer-specific stadium in the country. I think it was built, like, in the 50s. It's around oh, wow. three to 4,000-person uh, uh, stadium. It's very, very old. It, it's always been home for the San Francisco Soccer League. That's where Inter plays. Back then, we would always play at Boxer. Now, they just play at other fields. But it's, it's, a, it's a stadium that is owned by the city. Um, it's only used for lacrosse and soccer and, I believe, a professional rugby uh, league uh, during the year, um, it's it's a special. A lot of people hate it, and a lot of people love it. And I think I'm the only one who loves it because uh, it's, it's very very difficult for the opponent. Extremely difficult. And we normally play MPSL matches uh, at noon, and it's for a good reason because it just gets really really windy. It gets very cloudy. Typical San Francisco weather, and so. This 3 p.m. kickoff because it's during the week. There's no lights there, so that's why we have to do it early. Um, it's going to be very interesting. It's always very dif- difficult to play there in the afternoon. So, um, yeah, we're excited, and uh, we'll see what happens, yeah. Did you get a chance to watch that qualifier in the final round in December between Chicago House and uh, I think it was... I do know which one it was. I, the lights yeah. went off and the PKs. Yeah, it was. It was. I. Yeah. I, I guess that would. <laughs> that's interesting, but uh, that won't happen here. We. Uh, the sun sets here around uh, six thirty-seven p.m. and we're kicking off at three. So, if, in case if we go to penalties, um, there will be plenty of lights for sure. <laughs> Look, I'm not trying to scare you or anything like that. I just want to make sure you, if you saw that one, because that was the one that really, uh, yeah, that 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 really was like a kick in the teeth. I mean, that was just terrible. I, I thought that at least, um, you know, 
there was an agreement of some sort to get the lights on towards the end, and uh, thank God they were able to complete it. But boy, that was crazy. Nothing ever changes uh, in the Open Cup here. Yeah, wasn't it the visiting team who who won the PK shootout? I'm not. I don't remember. Yes, it was Chicago. Chicago yeah. was the visiting uh, team, oh, yeah, yeah. and they won the penalty kick shootout over in Massachusetts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, in that yeah. in that way, they 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 went home happy. They would have been really really mad if they would. But either way, it's 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 a tough situation for sure. Yeah. No, it really really was. But thankfully, they were able to complete that game, even if it did go into. Uh, penalties and uh you know once again uh i'm just glad that you're not going to have that same issue over a boxer like what chicago had to go through in um over in massachusetts i'm just trying to look up the yeah brockton fc united that's where it was in brockton mass that was uh that was a crazy shootout in the dark never thought i'd see that happen but what are you gonna do um as we move, yeah, and as we move on here, obviously, hopefully, um, as I've been talking with my other guests, um, your club, and obviously Inter San Francisco, is going to have an opportunity to be seen not just locally, not just nationally, but internationally as well with all the streaming platforms, uh, the streaming services that's that's been going on for the last couple of years now. Uh, what does that mean to you for El Farolito to be noticed around the world through this digital age we were going through right now. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, it gives an extra boost and motivation to the players that they have family or friends around the world that they get, um, you know, watch, see them at a, you know, a real FIFA match game and have this opportunity. It's, it, they're extremely motivated and it should be, um, for us, it's it's great to have the name and the brand out there because it's just not we're just not only in the soccer field we're also in other in other businesses and just to have the name out there is just it, it's it's amazing that's the that's the main intention is to keep the tradition of the of the club and the name to keep going every single year. Absolutely, and it's going to be a fun one, and I personally cannot wait. Santiago, good luck. Uh, in the uh, end of March against Inter San Francisco. Hopefully your side will make a big run into the Open Cup. And please uh, enjoy it and have fun and good luck at the end of March. Thank you so much for having me here once again, and good luck to all the teams as well. Absolutely. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. Santiago Lopez, he is the head coach and general manager of El Farolito as they get ready for the first round of the U.S. Open Cup as they are going to take on Inter San Francisco. I want to thank all my guests tonight, representing Hartford City FC, assistant coach Christian Benjamin, representing Jacksonville Armada. It is Tommy Krizanovich, head coach. Vlad Mirstan, head coach of Cleveland SC. Sonny D'Alessandro, the co-owner of Tulsa Athletic. Bill Colello, the head coach of Crossfire Redmond. And the head coach and general manager who was just previously with me, Santiago Lopez. Now, for all you MPSL Soccer Show fans, the next two Fridays, we will have two shows dedicated to the brand new expansion teams coming to the National Premier Soccer League. So the next two Fridays will be... 
everything and anything on the NPSL for these brand new expansion sides. So as we're waiting for the guest list to be finalized through uh, the NPSL front office, we will let you know when I have all my guests ready to go for that one next Friday and then the Friday after that. This is going to be a very busy, not only MPSL season for the 14th Fire American Soccer Show, this is going to be a very busy soccer year for this show as well. It's not just the MPSL. It's not just the Open Cup. It's also CONCACAF Champions League, regular 14th Fire American Soccer Shows, Nations League review shows, Gold Cup review shows, U.S. Men's National Team review shows, of course, U.S. Women in the World Cup shared by New Zealand and Australia, probably maybe some under-20 matches also being played that could be reviewed. And uh, in the under-20 World Cup, tons and tons of games. We're going to try and get you anything and everything done all throughout the year. Yes, I know, League's Cup as well. I'll try to see if I can fit those in. We'll see what happens. But we will have to wait and see. And don't forget, for 2024, the brand-new CONCACAF Champions League format, and that's going to be exciting. Um, And once again, thank you very much for listening to me, NPSL soccer fans, here, the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show, as we get ready for a brand-new NPSL soccer show season. Once again, this has been the MPSL Soccer Show, the 2023 edition, show number one, reviewing and previewing the Open Cup first round matches with those MPSL clubs involved in the Open Cup this year, here on the Four-Year Steens Fire American Soccer Show. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long, and bye-bye for now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.